Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. Glad that you're with us, whatever it is you might be doing right now. Maybe you're packing for vacation because it's about that time. We've been planning for several weeks now for family vacation as we've been studying that specifically here on the Far Better Podcast, looking around at all of the things that we can discuss pertaining to the home and take a vacation from the problems of the world so that we can look to the Bible and see how to solve them. And today we're going to close out our season with my dad. And he's here today once more, and we're excited to have him on here. Now, one of the things that uh, my dad is always stressed is the idea of following the design. If you follow the design, you can't be wrong. Now, men, we oftentimes, as Robert mentioned in our podcast together a couple of weeks ago, uh, we don't usually look at the instruction manual when we do something. I built an office chair recently, and uh, I just knew how to do that without needing the instruction manual. And I got lucky that time. But last October, I decided to build a desk. And as I was building that desk, I thought, I can figure this out. I don't need to look at the instruction manual or anything. And I got done with it, and I realized that a couple of the things were upside down and facing the other way, and I needed to do this, and I had to take the whole thing apart and start over. And what did I have to do? Go get that instruction manual and follow the design that that desk maker had put forth for me to follow to build what I had purchased. And dad has always been a big proponent of that. And today we're talking about that very idea, following the design of the home. And so I want to start by asking, why is the design so important? Well, it's the wisdom of God that we're following when we follow the design. It's not something we came up with. Since God invented the home, he's the one that knows how to run it. Yeah, He's the one that knows how it ought to be formed, structured, and uh, the responsibilities that are in the home. And it's always amused me and amazed me at the same time that those who don't believe in God will look at a home and think that certain things should or shouldn't be done within that home, but they have no moral compass having jettisoned God out of their mind. They don't have a standard. They don't have a blueprint, a design mm-hmm. to follow in trying to make that home like they want it to look. Right. Uh, I'm not, as you know, son, mechanically inclined. Sure. I was going to say that you should have called me. I could have helped you build that <laughs> desk, and you know that it would have looked even worse uh, if I'd been involved in it. But one thing I do know is that if I'm going to be successful at anything, I'm going to have to follow a pattern to make it look right. And when a woman sews, she's got a pattern that she's using to accomplish what she wants the garment to look like. And when we draw a design on a canvas of what we want the building to look like that we're going to build, the whole purpose of that is to say, here's your template. So God did not give us the home and then say, good luck, you will right. figure it out. He said, here's how you ought to live in the home. One man, one woman together for life. The husband's the head of the house. The wife is his helpmeet and partner. And she is uh, certainly so vital to him. They have roles as husband and wife, as mom and dad, dad and mom. The children have their own function and their own role. It's all mapped out. Uh, Just read the manual and you'll find exactly what God wants you to be making your home look like. 
I'm, I'm in the process right now of trying to sell my house to move out this way to start working at the school in just a few weeks. And our realtor came by and she said, you need to do this, 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 and this, and this. And I could have said, she doesn't know what she's talking about. I mean, this is my home. I've lived in it for five years. I know what I need to do. But I know that she has experience in what a homeowner is looking for. And she knows what those potential buyers are going to come in and complain about or come in and say, oh, we really love that. And for me to do what I'm going to do, I need to take that advice and say, this isn't just something she's saying to do because she wants me to hire a contractor and spend money. She's saying this will be beneficial to you because you'll have more people that want to buy your house. That's what we look for when we sell the house. We want to have multiple offers and more than one person interested. God gives you a design so that there's a benefit behind it, so that you can follow that design and get to the end result, in the case of building a desk or selling a home, the success of having that thing built or that thing purchased and sold. In the case of a family, getting them to heaven. And when you follow the design, you can do that. Now, with a home, you can't wait till you've already tried one way and then go, oh, I need to go back to start. Those kids are grown. Yeah. It's too late at that point. You have to start and be intentional early on. Now, obviously, new parents make mistakes. New parents are not perfect. I, I know I've made mistakes with my son. I know that I'll make more mistakes because I'm a human being. I don't, I'm not perfect. But my goal should not be when he turns 18 to say, I need to go back and change all of these things and start over again because at that point it's too late. And following the design from the time he's a little child gives me an increased chance. Now notice I said an increased chance. It does not guarantee it. Just because I give him, as we mentioned in the last episode, good doctrine does not mean that he is required to follow it without having any consequence. That consequence comes later in life, but he could live decades being successful by the world standards, making tons of money and doing all of these things and still not be what God wants him to be through no fault of mine and my wife's own or any parent's own. But if I don't give him what he needs following that design, I have no one to blame but myself. You know, that's where that foundation that we read about in Matthew 7 comes into play when it comes to the house. You start with the foundation and that does not mean storms won't come. Mm -hmm. Notice the text doesn't say, if you build your house on the rock, you'll never face a storm. That's right. You'll face the storms, but you'll be more equipped to withstand those storms. And yes, you noted something that a lot of people may not realize, and that is that it's possible for a righteous man and a righteous mom to have a child that doesn't act the way that they were taught to act. I want to give you a biblical example of this. This is not B.J. Clark coming up with this. This is the inspired word of God. Ezekiel 18.5. Mm -hmm. If a man be just and do that which is lawful and right. So the man described here is a good man. He's just man. He does what's right. And so much so, verse 6, he doesn't. Uh, lift up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel. He doesn't defile his neighbor's wife. And then it describes all the things that he, he actually helps the poor and covers them with garments. All these things, verse 9, he's walked in my statutes, kept my judgments. He's just. Next verse, if he beget a son that is a robber, a shedder of blood, and that doeth the like to any one of these things? 
and has eaten on the mountains and defiled his neighbor's wife and oppressed the poor and the needy and been involved in lifting up his eyes to idols and committed abomination. He will not live. He's done all these abominations. He'll die. His blood will be on him. But then it describes someone that begets a son that sees all his father's sins, which he has done, and he considers and says, I don't want to be like my wicked dad. And so he then goes back to acting the right way. The point is, a righteous man can have a wicked son. A wicked man could have a son that becomes righteous because the child possesses free moral agency to decide what they're going to do or not do. That's God's design for the home. It was the home he gave Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden was not a home that didn't have free moral agency. It was a home where they could choose whether they would or would not listen to him. That's right. And we know that man does not know better than God, but there have been times where man has thought that he did. And I'm reminded of Job 38, where the Lord answers Job out of a whirlwind and says, Who is this who darkens counsel, verse 2, by words without knowledge? You think you're so smart? Okay, prepare yourself like a man, verse 3. I'm going to question you. You're going to answer me. You don't get to, you, you know, you don't get to just make a claim like this and not be debated back. And God goes through this series of questions. But I love verse four because it's what we, we always talk about. And I hear you say it all the time. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. And we talk so much about if God can make a universe, then we need to bow to him because he knows what he's doing. That was God's first argument with Job, was God's first statement was, okay, you're so smart. When I found the formed the foundations of the world, I didn't see you anywhere. I didn't notice you around. Can you tell me what it is? You have this such understanding. And he goes throughout all of these things to the point where Job finally says, I'm going to cover my mouth to keep myself from speaking out of turn again because I don't know what I'm talking about. And so man does not know better than God, and yet we fool ourselves into thinking it. I mentioned in the last episode, I believe, that there are countless books that are written about how to parent better. And I know the, the stories that are told about, well, I didn't discipline my child, and we had a great time you know, with rearing our children. But God says, I know better. I know how to handle a child, and I can help you with this. And I'm reminded of the idea of trying to get a world back on track, trying to do something. You know, we, we think about we're blessed, as we mentioned, that be Steelers fans, that there's been three head coaches in the last dec- several decades. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mike Tomlin coming in, his very first, you know, statement basically was the standard is the standard. And that standard is excellence. That standard is what was set by Chuck Knoll, what was carried on by Bill Cower, and I'm here to continue doing that. If the players don't buy in and he's not doing his job, then he'll get fired. If he's doing his part and the players aren't listening, that's the player's fault, and most of those players get traded or released, and they sent, they get sent to another team. Well, we look at something like getting back on track because anytime a head coach is hired for a dysfunctional franchise, yeah. they're seeking to put that franchise on the map, and they're trying to get them back on track. And there are steps that they have in mind that they're going to take, and sometimes it works, a lot of times it doesn't. The world is no different. We need to get the world back on track. And as we kind of bring our thoughts for this season to a close, what are the steps, if you were to give some steps, to getting the world to recognize the designer again? I think you hit on the key right there, son, and that is that 
the designer is the one who knows more than we know. And so we have to get them back to first realizing God is sovereign. He is supreme. And because he knows more than I do, I need to yield to his wisdom. And since he says this is the best way to raise a child, this is the best way to be a mom, a dad, a husband, a wife, then who am I to question that and to to come along and say, well, I don't think you really know what you're talking about. Uh, I've never made a human being. I can't make a human being in the sense that from the dust of the earth I could bring about some human being. I couldn't even make the dust of the earth. God commanded it to come into existence and then gave us the instructions. So the steps, step one, recognize there is a God in heaven, Daniel 2.28. Step two, recognize he has spoken from heaven in these last days by his son, and we are to hear ye him, Mm -hmm. Matthew 17, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. And so the word of God is the truth that is to guide us. Uh, I love the statement that is made, uh, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, Psalm 119, 105. That's true of all areas of life, inclusive of the area of parenting our children. If we go to the blueprint and see how God wants it built, that's going to make all the difference. I think we've talked about it. You don't just wake up one day and say, you know what I think I'll do today? I think I'm going to build a house today. Right. <laughs> you have thought ahead about it. Right. You've given thought and planning and preparation, gathered your materials, all these sorts of things. We ought to also say, you know what I think I'll do today? I just have a child and and figure it out later. No, I'm going to check out the manual and say, God, what's the best way I could raise this child? Did you give me a design? And the designer of the child is also the designer of the manual by which to raise that child. It's the word of God. That's right. Well, it's hard to believe 21 episodes in the books, and it's time for the summer content to start rolling out. At the time that we're recording this, though, I don't know what the theme is yet. Caleb and I are working on that next week when I go to Pulaski. And so uh, those of you that are listening to this now, uh, we will have announced it probably. So I I hope and pray that you're looking forward to that content with those uh, guests that we're going to have on like we did last year. And that also means that Did That Really Happen is coming back where we get to talk with these people, ministers and whatnot about some funny things that have happened to them over the years of their time in their line of work. And truly... The person sitting across from me has had some stories. We had him on last year, and uh, we could keep the podcast going and tell stories for hours, but we're not going to do that to him. But I do want to give you a teaser for Season 4 on the Scattered Abroad Network here at the Far Better Podcast. Starting August the 3rd of this year, 2022, we're going to start with Far Better Than Focusing On. And we're going to look at 21 subjects. And once again, we're going to have guests. We have Brother Billy Bland, who is the Associate Director at the Memphis School of Preaching. Brother Matthew Matthew Sloan. And we have, as well as Daniel Cates, who is an instructor at the school. Tucker Wallace, who works for the Gospel Broadcasting Network. Brother Drew Suttles and Jameson Stewart. Brother Josh Walker. And then, for the first time, I believe, on my podcast... 
We will have Mark Teske, who is very special to me as he's my father-in-law. And I thought it would be appropriate since Dad ended this season, the last three weeks, Brother Mark Teske will end next season's last three weeks. And then you can tell me who you liked better. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. We're just so excited that we have the opportunity to do this work and to be involved in promoting the gospel with daily content. We have a lot of things that we're working on. We ask that you keep us in your prayers. Check out the show notes for all of the social media links and the email address. You have a topic idea. Maybe you have a anonymous, did that really happen? You'd like to be read this summer. You can do that. You can send it in, and we'll be glad to do that for you so long as it is appropriate and so long as we have it in time to record. But once again, thank you so much for another great season together. Hard to believe, three seasons in, and Lord willing, many to go. But until next season, this August, let's please God now so our eternity is far better. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.